Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship. This is actually a special episode. Really excited about this. We're talking about first aid for families. We're going to get all into the middle school uh, age student child. So if this is your demographic, if you have kids in this age range, this is absolutely for you. Really excited about this episode. We have Matt here and Katie Edwards. Guys, say hi. Hey. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Like I said, hey, we keep it casual. So uh, yeah, really excited about this episode. Matt, tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So I'm the junior high pastor at our Lake Forest campus at Saddleback. Um, And so I lead our junior high team of pastors and leaders who are ministering to our junior high kids at Lake Forest. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, Katie, you're especially special. Not only are you leading through this age range, but you also have kids that have gone through this age range and I believe are in this actual age range, right? So you are our resident expert today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Well, my name is Katie Edwards, and I am the student ministries pastor at Lake Forest Campus. I oversee junior high, high school, and college. Um, And yeah, I'm a parent who has parented in this phase, Um, but I currently have um, a college student. She's a junior um, at GCU, and then I have a high school senior, and then I have a fourth grader. So I I definitely have a range um, of kids. (laughs) Yeah, um, but I've had two daughters come through this middle school phase, and it was one of my very favorites. So, awesome, awesome. I don't know if I've heard many people say that middle school age is one of their very favorites. I know. I remember for me, middle school was a struggle. You know, you're in that awkward phase. I don't know if my parents would say that was one of their favorite stages for me, but I think that's awesome. I think that most people would say that middle school was probably not their favorite phase and they've probably blocked it out, you know, in right. some right. but um, I, I think when you really learn to appreciate what happens in this phase, I think parenting is actually just fun. If you can have a good sense of humor, because there's a lot of hilarious things that happen, um, you know, and kind of maybe not take things so seriously. I think it's a really fun phase to parent. That's great. That's awesome. Well, let's start there. So what phase or what stage of development is a middle school age student or child in? Like what's, what's going on in their brain chemically? Like what's, what's all happening in that age frame? Yes, is the answer. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is, everything is happening at the same time, really, um, really the onset of puberty. So somewhere in like the 10, 11, 12 age range, depending on the kid, that onset of puberty marks really the second most rapid phase of development in a person's life. So like the zero to two is the first. And then this like middle school age really is the second most rapid phase of development. So everything's happening all at once. Everything's changing and shifting. So you talk about physical development, obviously, cognitive, mental development, emotional, social, spiritual development, all those things are shifting and happening all at the same time. And each one of those shifts comes with a lot. So when when people look at middle schoolers and they're like, oh man, they're a mess. Um, yes, and there's a lot of good reasons why <laughs> they, <laughs> they might seem like they're a mess because there's a lot happening in them all at the same time, which is really, sure. really crazy to think about. Sure. I think 
in, in this phase of development too, it's such a, um, it's really is such a key time with the brain. So, um, the brain development is, is, is a really important part of middle schoolers <laughs> because they really are moving from this concrete to abstract place. So when you think of physical, when you think of spiritual development and how a kid's faith is developing in this time, um, you know, the fact that they interpret the Bible as concrete and right and wrong, black and white, because the Bible tells me so, because my parents say so, they're mm -hmm. very much so concrete thinking before this phase. And then that kind of blows up in middle school and they begin to add in layers and it's not black and white. There's gray is introduced in all different shapes. Mm. There's all different kinds of things that then now when you think of your relationship with Jesus and you read the Bible in an app with abstract thinking, it changes the way you view things, the way you think. And so for a middle schooler, it's just such a key corner turn in their faith as well when it comes to development. Um, going mm. from a place of maybe someone else telling them they have a faith to then what does it really look like to own their faith and development plays a really key role in that. Yeah. And wrestle through it. Right. Wrestling is such a important thing too. Yeah. See, that's, that's really interesting. So for my mom, who's listening, cause I, she listens to the podcast. See, I was in the gray zone. <laughs> that's why I was getting all those detentions. It was okay. Everything turned out. Okay. Yeah. Um, another, that, that's Brandon, really, another thing. Go for to it. You. Sorry to, sorry to jump right in. Katie was no. talking about like the black and white change. You know, when you talk about emotional development too, this is really when, uh, you know, as a kid, you it's it's almost like you have uh, primary colors in your feeling palette that you're you're working with. Um, happy, mm. sad, angry, hungry. It was one of my primary colors, right? Um, and then you go into middle school and you have all these new colors and shades introduced, and so you've got the full color spectrum of feelings that um, you know when you're 12 years old, you might not have words for these things yet. You might not know what you're feeling. And so when a kid is having a meltdown as a middle schooler and their parents are like, what's wrong with you? And then they might say, I don't know, because they genuinely don't know what mm. they're feeling and why they're feeling it. So that's, that's definitely an, an important thing about this um, uh, important development thing in this phase too, is um, emotions are being introduced that they've never felt or experienced or, or have words for yet, which can play into all the other areas as well. I like to think of a middle schooler, like in fifth grade, fifth grader, fifth graders are the most confident humans who walk the planet because they're the <laughs> oldest concrete thinkers. So they are so confident because they believe everything they say is right and true. And why aren't you doing what they say? Um, and if you think of a middle schooler, like when they come into middle schooler at middle school as like a completed Jenga, you know, mm -hmm. and then that just tumbles <laughs> when they enter into middle school every and yeah. then the middle school process is really kind of rebuilding that Jenga into kind of who you're going to be as an adult so really mm -hmm. as parents well the reason why parents are kind of throwing up their hands is because you're kind of piecing your kid back together that you feel like you've already built you know you spent mm -hmm. all the time building them they were in fifth grade they were doing great they were confident and then all of a sudden they fell apart in sixth and seventh grade <laughs> you're like what happened to my kid that's a really normal thing for them to just in all of those areas of development that Matt mentioned to kind of crumble but that's going to be rebuilt into kind of who their adult self is going to be, which is a really cool process. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's so interesting. I don't think I would have ever 
So just for context, and for those listening, I am the baby of my family. There is no one younger than me. So like, I'm, I'm the last person, the last one to be parented. Uh, so I really don't think about things like this. And I, when you were saying that, um, that middle schoolers, they're feeling legitimately new feelings it's it's a it's a new experience for them and they they don't know how to articulate what's going on inside katie um i think that's a really interesting point as well saying fifth grade that's the last year of concrete thinking and then it all gets blown up and then Mm -hmm. but i haven't thought about it in terms of almost like adulthood is starting then or piecing together who you're going to be or what's totally. the foundation for the way you'll think for mm-hmm. um, maybe even, yeah, who, who you'll eventually mature into, into adulthood. That That's such an interesting uh, way to think about it. And I think it brings up definitely a set of unique challenges that a child is facing in this stage of development as well. Like what are those challenges I think we kind of got into a little bit of it, but are there any specific challenges that you guys have identified as these are maybe one or two things that are, are pretty much universal uh, mm-hmm. for a middle school age child student? What are those things that they're facing? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw out one, Kate, and then you can um, maybe fill in some some after that. But one of the things that we we see a lot and we talk about a lot in this middle school phase that is in the the sense of a challenge is um, we describe it as already, not yet. So a uh, middle school kid is already to be grown up and already to be independent and already to have responsibility. Um, but they're not yet ready in a lot of ways for what those things bring. So they're not yet ready mm-hmm. to be fully independent and they're very much still dependent humans um, in this phase, yeah. but they, they may act or, say or behave as if they're all ready for these things that they they want um they want to be grown up they don't want to be viewed as a kid they 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 don't want childish things right they they want to be um they want to sit at the the adult table they don't want to sit at the kids table anymore but Mm. at the same time they're not yet there in a lot of ways too they're at this crossroads and so that's definitely a challenge that um in a middle school for a middle schooler um, they might think that they're further ahead in some ways than they might actually be. Um, and from a parenting perspective too, that's something to be aware of is, um, your kid might think that they're all ready for this, but at the same time, they still need a safety net. They still need you for most everything still. And so this isn't the time to just, um, give them necessarily the longest leash ever, even though that's maybe what they want. Um, because in a lot of ways, they're not yet ready for that, for those things. Yeah, makes sense. I think um, one of the challenges our middle schoolers are facing is they really, most middle schoolers have parents that did not grow in up in a world that's like theirs today. So there's a real kind of communication gap between, so our middle schoolers are Generation Z and they have maybe um, older millennials, but probably most likely Gen X some might even have boomers raising them and they speak really different languages. And so, Mm. um, you know, for me, you know, my, my kids and I grew up in really different worlds. Our, our, our middle schoolers right now are 
digital natives. They um, are being exposed to things and, and growing up in a world that is completely different than their parents. Chances yeah. are high. Um, and so I think that's a challenge because I think there's things that parents naturally maybe are afraid of or unsure of because they are unknowns to them. And so um, I think that's a big piece of of a, or I think that's challenging for our middle schoolers because to them, this is a very normal world. And why don't you understand, you know? So it's not just like yeah. understand it's my parents don't understand. <laughs> like they literally <laughs> in the world I'm growing up in. And so I think that's, that's a challenge for middle schoolers today and parents being aware of that and how to intentionally close that gap, learn language, understand what they're really up against. It's not so much protecting our kids from technology. It's technology is here. How do we help them thrive? You know what I mean? So some of the things mm. that are part of their world, yeah. parents have to shift their thinking a little bit into this isn't just something that's, you know, a, a passing trend. It is their world. So right. I think that's really challenging for our middle schoolers today. Yeah. Katie, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. Like what did that look like for you as you're raising your kids? Cause you, I'm, your youngest is entering into this phase, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming you have, you have a junior in college. Um, so it's, I believe it's your daughter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you have your daughter's middle school phase was completely is going, it's completely different from what your youngest is going to enter into. What does that look like for you? Are you constantly just churning and learning um, the world that they live in, the culture that they live in? Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I've had teenagers in my home for a while and it's funny because my oldest and my youngest are the bookends of Generation Z. So I have one at the top end mm. and at the bottom end of it. Um, and so, it, and they've actually grown up in really different, <laughs> a really different space, you know, with, yeah, I could imagine, you know, with Abby being 21 and Coop being nine, they've, they've actually, they're in the same generation, but man, they are worlds apart. Um, but yeah, I would say it's like an ongoing thing. I'm learning new things every day, you know, as far as teenage mm -hmm. culture, because it evolves so quickly, technology evolves so quickly. So I think, the funny thing is, is even though the world around is evolving so quickly, I think just intentional conversation daily has been my best friend with, um, with raising teenagers of just checking in and asking good questions and allowing them to teach me and not feel like I yeah. need to be the expert all the time. So mm. my daughter's teaching me how to use my AirPods and how to <laughs> things and do things like that. And I don't feel weird about that. I'm like, teach me all the things about your world. Like, tell me, you know, we did a, we did a training for our leaders where we we're teaching them like slang and lingo. And I didn't know really any of it. And that was kind of the bit of it. But afterwards, her and um, one of my daughters, we had a great conversation just about slang and lingo and things like that. So I'm like, tell me everything you're saying right now. I want to know, you know, so I think just as a parent, just being willing to be okay, not being the expert and allowing your kids to be teaching you as they go to. Yeah, that's, that's good. I can think back to some of my experiences in middle school in the, the ones that really stick out to me are like the car rides with my dad, with him, like asking me questions. Yeah. Looking back is like, Hey, he's trying to understand my world. He's trying to, to get in there um, yeah. and understand what, yeah. What was going on in my brain at the time. Um, well, and, and understanding. Yeah, go for it, Matt. Yeah. And understanding leads to empathy too, right? The more you're able to understand somebody in their world, the more you're able to empathize. And so when Katie was talking about, uh, you know, parents today 
when they were in middle school, um, that was a very different world than their middle schooler is living in today. And so taking the time to just learn and be, be a learner of your middle schoolers world and the world that they're growing up in, the challenges that they're facing, um, the more you're, you're willing to understand that rather than throw your hands up or fight against that, it's not going to change. You're not going to change it by, by pushing against it. Um, so the, the best advice we could give in that sense is probably take the time and being willing to understand because the understanding will grow your empathy for what your kid is living in and, and the challenges that they're facing. And so it, it'll help you understand why um, when they get unfollowed on social media by somebody at school, why that's such a massively huge deal for them where mm. you might not have grown up with that you know, you didn't grow up with that as a parent. And so that probably doesn't seem like that big of a deal to you. But in this world that your kid is living in, um, it, it might be a huge deal. And so understanding will allow you to empathize with those, those things that feel foreign to you, um, because you didn't, it's different than how you grew up. Yes, that, that's good. Go, please, Katie. Three words that I love are tell me about. So tell me about that or tell me about this that you're into or tell me about that person or tell me about your friend or tell me about how you feel. Tell me about is I think three best friend words for you as a parent with the middle school. Mm -hmm. because it's just constantly putting it back onto them to express, which is a big part of middle school. Yeah. Yeah. You know that, um, I feel like I need a notebook. This is great. This is just a wealth <laughs> of knowledge and wisdom. It, the, hearing you guys speak, it, it almost feels like that is um, almost like the, the low-hanging fruit. I don't want to call it, maybe I shouldn't call it low-hanging fruit because I don't want to make it seem like that's, that's easy. Um, sure. But is there anything like that? Like, tell me about it. Um, getting in there, that intentionality that are... This is a, an accessible, maybe that's the right word, an accessible win for a parent. Like, yeah. hey, tell me about it. You do that. Like, that's going to open up incredible opportunities for you. Is there anything else like that that parents can go, you know what? I can do that. I can create time in my schedule. I can do that right now. What are those things? Mm -hmm. Do you want me to go first? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, well, I, I think you actually mentioned it, Brandon, before when you were talking about bedtime. I think there are really a couple of key times in the day where if you can kind of as your parent train yourself to just like, you know, have a have an intentional moment. Um, the car, car rides too. Yeah. Um, you know, in the morning, I think is huge. Um, dinner time can be great. Um, before bed, um, you know, just popping in and sitting at the end of the bed or inviting them to sit at the end of your bed or something like that. There's a couple key times that, you know, you intersect with them daily and it's usually before school in the car, dinner and bedtime. And so they might not be consistent every day, but I feel like bedtime is a huge time that I've just chosen to be super intentional with my kids of going in, sitting at the end of their bed, or they'll come in and sit at the end of mine. And it was something that we had to kind of create culture around, which sounds weird, but like, it's pretty easy to create an intentional rhythm with small moments. Sometimes as parents, we're looking for big wins, but there's probably more mm. in the small wins with middle schoolers, yeah. with the small moments than the gigantic ones. So I would say those intentional moments look for the smaller ones consistently rather than the big ones, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I have two, two quick ones um, that I was thinking about. The first is um, just to affirm them as often as you possibly can. That word affirming and affirmation is such a massive one for the middle school phase. Um, Katie, Katie talked about, gave that picture of like the Jenga, um, you know, kind of collapsing at the start of middle school and that you're kind of rebuilding it and building your kid up into, um, you know, this foundation for adulthood and every chance that you can get, can affirm them of who they are, what you see in them, their potential, what they're good at, those type of things is like adding another block to their Jenga tower. Um, and especially this world that they they're living in, there's, there's statistics and research that shows that, um, you know, the last, the most recent one I've seen is for every one affirming word that a middle schooler hears, they hear nine negative ones in their world. Oh my so that, goodness. that comes, um, from social media, from, from technology that comes from school and peers and teachers and coaches and parents sometimes, and all those different things, um, can add up. And obviously we, as parents, you know, you want to be an affirming voice in your kid's life as much as possible. And you want to, um, fight against the negativity that they're, they're feeling and hearing in their world too. So affirm is one. And then the second one I would say that would be an easy win for, for some parents that they might not just naturally think about is let your kids see you living out your relationship with Jesus. So let them see you, let them catch you expressing your faith. Let them catch you having your quiet time um, mm. in the morning or whatever. Let them catch you reading your Bible or praying. Um, those things are huge for faith development for middle schoolers and kind of leads into something else we'll probably talk about later in this conversation. But as a parent, you're the most important and influential voice in your kid's life. And so whether it seems like it or not, whether they say it or not, when they see you doing things, that's modeling for them um, maybe what they should aspire to. And so we're talking about faith, you know, letting them see you and catch you um, expressing your relationship and your faith with Jesus is a huge and probably an easy win for a lot of parents. I think I share your prayer requests with your kids too. Mm, yeah, that's <laughs> cool. A lot of times parents try to shield their own uh, vulnerable prayer requests and stuff. And maybe you're not sharing every detail about everything, but I think a lot of times parents try to keep kids in a bubble and when they're hurting or um, there's financial trouble or something like that, you know, kids always seem to be blindsided or surprised, but bringing kids into your prayer requests of, hey, can you pray with me about this? That's like such a huge faith builder and so affirming for students, especially middle schoolers, because they will pray for you. <laughs> they will they will participate in faith with you as a parent, which I think is such a cool thing. Um, making Allowing ourselves to be vulnerable with our kids and sharing the things that mm. we point to God for, that we are asking for, shows them that kind of dependence that we hope yeah. they develop. Yeah. Which is such a yeah. cool thing. Um, and I would just add one other kind of little piece that's, I think, low-hanging fruit is just develop a team of other adults around your middle schooler. Your middle, you are mm. the most influential person. That's like Matt said, scientifically proven until they're 19. There's no reports that refute that. 
but I do think it's super important that you have other voices and a village around your kid that helps them also develop in, in their faith and in their mm-hmm. walk with Jesus. So going to them and asking them, hey, who are two people that you can go to that will pour into you, um, that if you can't talk to me as a parent, you could talk to them, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to establish that with your kids. Of You don't have to tell me everything. I want my kids to tell me everything, but I know that they're not. I was a senior in high school. She's been dating her boyfriend since she was a freshman. And I know she does not want to talk to me about everything. So she has her team of two that we've established that if she feels like she can't come to us, there are people that we know and trust also yeah. that she's talking to and hearing godly counsel from, but it's not her parents. So who are some people that can be your kid's team that when they don't feel like they can talk to you, that you they can talk to them, but they're also people that you trust as well. So something that I think is really easy to develop for your kid and super necessary. That, that's, that's great. You know, Matt, one of the things you were saying uh, about like letting your, letting your kids catch you, letting them see you having your quiet time, it talks about like faith development. Um, Katie, one of the things uh, that you just mentioned, I think that felt like a a similar thing to me um, was about like sharing your prayer request. So it got me thinking like, what's, how do you approach, how does a parent approach, or maybe how have you approached Katie? How, How have you, how do you think about like, okay, what's an appropriate level of pain to share or maybe like uh, going through a hard time that's appropriate for that age. But so maybe a, your, your, your child can see you struggle a little bit and see you, see you wrestle um, with things like where I'm, I'm assuming there's gotta be a line there somewhere. Like where's that line or mm-hmm. what can be helpful for parents to think about? I, I can bring them into maybe this room. I can't show them this room. That's, that's, they don't need to know that, but I can bring them here. Like what are those things? I think you can take cues from your kids a little bit. You know, my kids can sense when I'm off or when something's not going Mm -hmm. or I come home after a hard day. And a lot of times they'll ask. Um, So there's times where they'll be like, mom, are you okay? And I think a lot of times as parents, we deflect really quick. Yeah, I'm good. Tough day, not a big deal, you know. But what does it look like in a, in a tiny question like that to dive in just a little bit with your kids? You know, I had a really tough day. Um, gosh, you could be praying for me. At work, things are a little stressful. And I can't go into details, but it's just tough. So I think if you can just be praying for that, that would be awesome. You know, so I think a lot of times your kids don't need every detail, but you're, you're bringing them into something. You're being truthful. Um, and I, I think follow the cues of their questions. Now, some some kids don't pick up on that. They're not sensing <laughs> anything. So then maybe, you know, in an intentional prayer time that you might establish where you're like, hey, what can I pray for for you? You know, asking mm-hmm. that question. Or, hey, let's pray together tonight at the end of your bed. Um, why don't you share something and I'll share something. And then that's kind of even a more intentional approach of I'm going to share this prayer request with you. Like, can you pray for this I'm gonna I have this big thing happening tomorrow or I'm going to the doctor tomorrow and I'm feeling a little nervous or so I I think middle schoolers and high schoolers can handle a lot more than parents think um I also don't think Mm. they very detail that's good 
That's mm-hmm. good. I, I would just add on a tiny thing attached to that. Um, I think that was that was wonderful. I think middle schoolers value authenticity and they have really good um, fake radars. <laughs> you know, they can smell fake a mile away. And so um, not saying hiding things from your kids or not or protecting them from things as being fake and inauthentic, but I think in as they are developing as they are learning and watching um, adults in their lives, including their parents. I think seeing parent, uh, adults who are being real and authentic with the good and the bad and the hard and the easy um, is really helpful for them because it's probably easy for a middle schooler to develop um, like a hero complex around their parents or people that they look up to um, and think that you know, I can't be like them because they've got it all together. And so mm. sometimes seeing people that they have a lot of respect for and love for um, not have everything all together all the time is really helpful and good and, and helps them mature. That's awesome. That's, that's really good, you guys. Um, so transitioning a little bit for a middle school child, a middle school student, like what's one thing? You're like, they, they got to know this. I would, I, mm-hmm. they need to know this. This is, this is the big thing. Like, what would you say that is? Hmm. You want to go first? <laughs> sure. I'll go first. Whoever wants to go. Yeah, go for yeah. it. <clears throat> I think one thing that I think about a lot and I, I wish that I could, one thing that I could wish, wish I could get on a mountaintop and say to every middle schooler in the world is um, where I am today is not where I will be forever. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times middle schoolers um, have a little bit of tunnel vision and it's hard for them to see. um, It's hard for them to have a, a future perspective um, and a long-term perspective. And it's hard for them to see past what, how things are right now or where I'm at in my life right now, Um, what I'm up against, the challenges, whatever, um, what I'm struggling with right now. And it's hard for them to see a way out of that or a way past that. And I think that that's one thing I wish, yeah, every middle school kid could understand is um, what, how, how my life looks like right now. Maybe it's really hard. Maybe things with my family or my parents is like really challenging. Um, Maybe I'm struggling with something or maybe I'm battling some insecurities or maybe I'm facing some friends drama at school or whatever the case might be. Um, And it's hard for them to see a hope or a light on the other side of those things, I think, um, just developmentally where they're at. And so, yeah, I think that that's one thing I wish that they would all know is, yeah, where I'm at today, what, what life looks like right now doesn't mean that it's going to be like that for forever and i wish that they could understand um i wish all people could understand because i'm in this boat a lot of times too that um you know what god's providence looks like and in the sense of you know Mm -hmm. god has our lives in his hands and he cares about us and um you know one of the greatest promises that i think he makes to us in the bible is that you know he can make all things work together for the good of those who love him and yeah um, that's really hard to see when you're in the midst of things that aren't good, you know, but, um, yeah, I would, that's a long, longer answer maybe to your question, but where I'm at today is not where I'll be forever. That's what I would say. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. It reminds me, my dad will always say like feelings aren't final. Yeah. Um, 
I remember saying that growing up and even now he still says that like your, your yeah. feelings aren't final. Um, things do get better. Things do change. Uh, you're, you're not locked into the moment yeah. right now. Yeah. That's so, yeah, no, that, that was great, Matt. Thank you so much. Mm. Um, I, I think, you know, it's just such a time of identity, um, you know, of students asking the question, who am I? So I think for me, the one thing that I hope middle schoolers know is that, you know, who God created them to be is exactly who he created them to be. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. so much comparison, you know, they're, they really, you know, were made on purpose for a purpose and really helping them to, to understand that they don't have to try to fit into a mold. God already created the mold with them. And so I think that's just a big thing for middle schoolers, especially because they're looking to find their identity and a lot of things that define them or details about them. You know, I, I'm not a basketball player. I play basketball, but I'm a child of God, you know, under understanding that their identity is in Christ and not in all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think understanding your, you know, that you were made on purpose and exactly how you were made to be by God is just such an important thing for middle to be ingrained in the middle schoolers. They're in the beginning part of their journey to adulthood. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. So what about parents? Like Matt, I like mm -hmm. the way you said it. Uh, if you had to stand on the mountaintop, what, what's that one yeah. thing that you would say to parents? Listen, mom, dad, you, you got to get this. You got to know this. Yeah. Raising a middle school child. What, what is that thing? Yeah, I'll, I'll just repeat what I said a little bit earlier. Of <laughs> you are the most important voice in your kid's life, bar none. You you are the most important voice in all areas of their life, including their faith. And I think that that's maybe something that's intimidating to a lot of parents is um, maybe they feel a little insecure of you know their own faith and and how strong they might be or how much they know about the Bible or things like that. And I would say to that that stuff probably doesn't matter as much as striving and living um, out your faith authentically and what, letting your kids see that. And so you're the most important voice. You're also the most important voice that can point them to Jesus in their life. And so, um, yeah, I would say that. Even if there's tension, even if. Yeah, actually. Mom, dad, middle schoolers are like, I, I don't like you. You don't understand me. You don't get my world. Is it still that still connects? Absolutely. Yeah. We talk a lot about the middle school years are about seed planting. And um, mm. a lot of times you are planting seeds in a middle school kid that might take some time to, to develop and grow. Um, but those seeds are still being planted. And I think we can all probably think back to our adolescent years, our middle school years, maybe. And some things that we um, were so irritated at our parents about or that they didn't understand this about us or I don't why are they making these rules why don't they understand me right or I don't understand yeah. why they're they want these things or they're telling me to do these things and I think parents the vast vast majority of parents um want what's best for their kid and they're trying to do their best to Absolutely. provide the best for their kid and so um yeah and so sometimes it takes takes a lot of hindsight later to realize, oh, that was probably, I, I, I understand why now. Um, so even when there's tension, I think if your motivation is wanting the best for your kid, I think that that's, that's a really good starting point. And um, yeah, your voice is carrying weight and is planting seeds in their life that might take some time for them to 
fully appreciate might not happen today, but it's still happening. That's yeah. great. Katie, now I think you have a really interesting perspective because not only do you pass through this phase, but you're also a parent. Um, is it almost like, what would you say to yourself? <laughs> Katie, you got to remember this. Parents, you got to know this. What, what are those things? I would just encourage you as a parent that tension or slam doors or eye rolls or all of the things that you might be on the other side of do not take away from what God is doing in your kid's life. Um, right. mm. so fight through your own temptation to be, to let those things discourage you and understand that they're just really normal parts of this phase. They're teenager, teenagers who are working a lot out. And a lot of times it's not necessarily about you. Um, and so if you can pull back as a parent a little bit and just appreciate what's happening inside your kid um, and, and just fight through any discouragement that you have, there's nothing, there really is nothing you can do that is going to um, make the statement that you're the most influential person in a kid's life not true. <laughs> there's nothing. Yeah. Um, that will yeah. always be true. So the fact that you show up every day, that you're present every day, that you try every day. I mean, as a parent, I, I have days where I lose it. I have days where I say things that I regret. <laughs> I have days where I wish that I would have done something differently. But it's the ongoing consistency of, of showing up with your kid every single day that is what brings about the influence. And so I would just encourage you that if you have a bad day with your kid, you had a bad day with your kids it's it is not doing any it's not taking away from the fact that you're a huge influencer um my my encouragement to parents would be to master the circle back so i think that's a really big part of parenting in this phase of when you do lose it when you do get it wrong to circle back and say sorry to circle back and humble yourself before your kids and be like gosh i wish i didn't say that to you you know when you're feeling those things in your heart, express those things to your kids. Because um, I think that's a big part of just being a Christ follower in front of your kids is when you have conflict, managing that conflict with your kids, like a Christ follower should manage conflict um, and not being afraid to say sorry to your 12 year old because you lost it in the car, you know? And you might say sorry nine days in a row one week because it's a really hard one. <laughs> And that's okay. But again, that doesn't take away from our influence. And I think that that's sometimes a myth for parents that if I lose it, if I miss that I'm doing damage or whatever, you know, I, I really think that influence is as strong when you, you yep. showing up. And I would just um, encourage you to have fun with your kids to show them, you know, fun is a, is a love language of middle schoolers. Um, fun is actually something <clears throat> that leads to trust and trust building always leads to depth in relationships. And so I would say have fun with your middle schooler as much as you possibly can. If you can ditch school, which seems easier in this season, or do some things, make memories, those types of things with your middle schoolers will carry you through a whole lot of other really tough moments. It'll also open doors for really great conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of times we don't want to have fun with our middle schooler because they tick us off or they slam the door in our face. And the last thing you want to do is take them to get ice cream. But I would say in those moments, <laughs> push through, take them to get ice cream, sit across from them and talk about it in a moment. Yeah. You know, that's so good. That's so, well, I feel like this whole conversation has just been golden 
goodness. So much wisdom. Matt, thank you. Katie, thank you so much. Um, we haven't done this before on our podcast, but I feel like for this episode, this is a doable special. I think this would be, it's appropriate. Katie, would you pray for our parents listening right now? Would you pray over them? Um, especially for those who may be having some struggles, struggles parenting, feeling insecure, feeling like they're not getting it right, that they are uh, damaging their child in a way that they'll never recover from. Could you pray over them uh, for those listening? Okay. Lord Jesus, we come to you as your children and grateful for the way that you see us and the way that you love us and the way that you care for us daily. Lord, I pray that as you care for us and we soak that in, Father, that we would turn around and pour that into our kids. Lord, I pray for our parents and middle schoolers. This is not an easy phase. You have middle school kids who are going through so much and it's not an easy thing to be on the journey with them. And so I just lift middle school parents to you right now who are feeling drained, tired, unsure, uncertain, throwing their hands up. Um, and I, I pray that you would remind them that you gave this kid to them for a reason, that they're parenting their kid in this phase um, for a reason, that there are things that they have to give even when it doesn't seem like it will be received, um, that you'll prompt them to <clears throat> say, I love you. You'll prompt them to pray, to engage, to not back off. Um, Father, I pray that you would remind parents to lean in, even when it seems like our kids kids are putting us at arm's length, I pray that you would remind us to lean in. This phase is so important. Um, and leaning in might look different than it did when they were a little kid, but I just pray that those reminders would come about, that you would bring the, put those things on our heart as, as parents. And Lord, I just lift um, parents... I just pray that you would, again, just remind parents that you are with them, that they're not alone in their parenting journey, that you are there to provide them with promises, with truth, with love, with guidance, with strength, with discernment. So I pray that our parent, just the parents listening, Father, would lean into you, that you are a source for them to pull from when it feels like they have nowhere to go or where it feel, when it feels like they have everywhere to go, Lord, that no matter what situation or time of day it is, God, you are available for us to lean into as parents. And so I just pray that that reminder would be um, just on the forefront uh, of our minds and our hearts as parents, God. And again, grateful for um, for each parent that you have um, listening to this podcast, Lord. I just pray their blessing upon, on, upon them, Lord. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. And you guys, seriously, thank you for uh, just all of the I know all the wisdom you shared, that's hard one. Hard conversations, sticky situations, whatever that may be. I know that that wasn't, that's easy, that we get to sit on the receiving end of that. So again, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I thought it before, but I know with certainty now that our kids, our junior high ministry, our middle schoolers, they are in incredible hands uh, with you guys. Thank you guys for, for joining us and being here today. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely. It's fun. We love talking about middle schoolers, so it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Parents, yeah. also for you guys listening, hey, we have more coming. So if you're like, that's great. My kid's in third grade. We got an episode coming for you. Or if you have college-age students, we have an episode coming for you, high school. All of that is going to be covered. Uh, so so keep it right here. Um, tune in. We have more content. We have more uh, goodness to share with you guys. So with that, we love you guys, and we will be back soon.
If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. 